Hey, everybody. Happy New Year and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space where we can kick off our shoes, pull off the mask and take a deep breath of truth and encouragement, even though we're all spread out. Even if you're currently driving in your car or out for a run or quarantined to your house or hiding in the bathroom from a small terrorist who is your toddler. And since you're listening to these words, that can only mean one thing. You made it. We made it. We endured the upside down roller coaster of 2020 and have stepped onto fresh terrain. Not that 2021 contains some magical easy button that will suddenly make everything better. In fact, we know, just as Jesus warned, that in this world we will have trouble, but we can take heart because He's overcome the world. Guys, we're still here, which means God is not done. We can eagerly expect that He is working in this mess. Well, my name is Jen Jewell, and I consider it such a joy to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which typically unleashes a brand new episode into your speakers, your earbuds, every other Tuesday. But hello, it's January 1st, which is New Year's Day, which is not a Tuesday. But hey, we're airing this one a few days early because trust me, you need it in your life as quickly as possible. But whether you end up listening to this on New Year's Day or in March or in July, I know that God will meet you right where you are. So if you don't already know, The Messy Table is partnered with the women of my church, Life Church, where we're also massive fans of the YouVersion Bible app, God's Word literally in your pocket for free wherever you go. And more important than one specific church or one physical location, we just love locking arms with people from all over the Capital C Church, God's empowered body of believers all over the world. So no matter where you're joining us from, in fact, no matter what you're currently up against, no matter if you're a new believer or you've followed Jesus for most of your life, or maybe you're still kicking the tires on this whole God thing, Know that you are wanted and you're welcome, and we are so glad you're here. Now, in addition to introducing you to some incredible women and powerful stories that point us back to our Savior, we also think it's important to connect with practical, biblically sound resources that help us all dig deeper, that compel us to know God more intimately, that empower us to share this amazing gift. As Proverbs 9.10 tells us, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. You know, God has chosen to reveal Himself to us, which that in itself is mind-boggling. But He's chosen to reveal Himself primarily through His Word, through His creation, and through His Spirit. So if we want to know God, we need to pay attention to the ways of God and the words of God and the things of God. And that is why I'm super excited to introduce you to our first guest for 2021. Tara Lee Cobble is the wise and charming host of the Bible Recap Podcast a short daily podcast where she helps walk others through a one-year chronological Bible plan and summarizes each day's passage in a way that makes sense. Y'all, I personally started this plan last January. I've done it all year long, and I've loved it so much that I wanted to pass it along to you. So beyond hosting the Bible Recap, Tara Lee is passionate about doing whatever it takes to share this undeserved, unconditional love of Christ through podcasting, writing, speaking, leading tours through Israel, but also through the witness of her own personal life. She has wrestled with scripture. She has worshiped through grief. She's finding contentment in intentional singleness and leaning into big theological topics like the Trinity and God's ultimate sovereignty. Y'all, I truly cannot think of a better way for us to start the new year than by fixing our eyes on God. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us at the messy table. Well, Tara Lee Cobble, also known as TLC, welcome to the messy table. <laughs> Hello, Jen Jewel. Woohoo! I'm so excited. I'm excited to be here. And you have some great initials too. Um, you know, JJ. Thank you. Hey, you know what? My middle name is Lee, spelled the exact same way as yours. So we are basically best friends. Separated at birth. We are. I know. We're both perpetually curious. And I spend approximately six to eight minutes every single day for the past year listening to your voice on the Bible recap. So I really do feel like we're, you know, besties. Awesome. I love that. I love that I get to hang out with you every day. (laughs) That's right. Well, I'm just so moved by who you are and by what you're all about. And I do want to talk all about the Bible recap. But before we get to that, for those who aren't one of your closest friends, like I am, of course, um, (laughs) tell us a little bit about just who you are, what you're all about, what makes you tick. 
Oh, goodness. Okay. I am born and raised in East Tennessee in a little town there called Greenville. Mm. So I have the small town roots and I quickly, as soon as I could, moved to bigger cities. So I have both the city and the, the small town in me. And my family is still in East Tennessee, so I get to visit them pretty regularly. But is it green um, there? It is green. It is actually named after a man whose last name is Green. Okay. So that's why it's called Greenville, but it is green as well. Okay. So it works both <laughs> ways. And my family, I've grown up in a family that just loves the Lord, loves the word in church three times a week. Very grateful to have those parents. And so pretty early on, I developed a love for the word based on the fact that I believed it to be true. And it wasn't until later in life, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, Mm -hmm. uh, that I actually read through the Bible that I professed to love and knew to be true to find out what it said. But, you know, I love to travel. I love sparkling water. I am. (laughs) Do you have a favorite flavor? I like it plain. I don't drink the cans. I make it at home. Oh, So I have a little soda stream. Nice. Sometimes I'll put some electrolytes in it, but look at you. I just just go straight. Man, that's nice. Yeah. And uh, I'm single. No kids, no children, no pets. I have a few plants. That's the only thing I have to keep alive. (laughs) I can't keep plants alive. So good for you. (laughs) I'm I'm new at that. And uh, I'm a true crime aficionado. I love love me some true crime. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's no longer shameful to say that in public circles. I'm proud of you for just letting it all out there. Confess it. Get it out. Right. It was my parents, pretty much apart from Jesus, it's their only shared interest. They love true crime. And so I, I, you know, we watched forensic files every night before bed. Nice. So this has been like a lifelong thing, not just right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They raised you up. They did. (laughs) In the Bible and in crime. You're kind of an investigator at heart though. I like that, you know, investigate all these crime worlds and also scripture. Yeah. What's the truth? We all want to know the truth. We do. That's exactly right. That's exactly true. So we can talk about this a little bit more later, but I know that you kind of describe yourself as being intentionally single, which I love. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Uh, So I have always been a person who imagined myself as married someday, always loved men, always dated (laughs) men or had a crush on them. One of the two was always happening. Mm -hmm. And it just never clicked. Like it just never clicked. And I was expending great amounts of energy to make it click, to like find the one. You know, I'd been in love a couple of times. I had been in great relationships. I'd been in some long relationships, some long distance relationships. I'd done online. I'd done setups. I'd done mm-hmm. real life knowing people. Mm-hmm. I'd done dating your friends. I had tried every piece of counsel that had been handed to me by wise and well-meaning people and nothing ever made it work. And I was just like, I'm tired of spinning my wheel. Uh, this feels like a colossal waste of time. Mm to spend so much energy and effort and hope and come up empty handed. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of decided I was going to stop spending time doing that. And after much, you know, talking to the Lord about it and several bad first dates in a row, I was like, I am over Mm. this. It is a colossal disappointment and a colossal waste of time. And so after talking to the Lord about it, I was like, I think I'm ready to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, that's where I am now. It's just I am actively pursuing singleness, wow. um, despite it it not being what I want. You know, people always say like, "Oh, if you have a desire to get married, the Lord's going to answer that with a yes." But like Jen, if you look at the numbers in the church of the females in the church and the men in the church, unless a lot of women are prepared to leave the church to date men who aren't <laughs> believers, or unless a, a flood of godly single men comes into the church. Some of us are going to die unmarried. Mm. That's just how it's going to be. And I'm not prepared to walk away from the faith to be married. And I'm not prepared to do anything apart from just walk with the Lord. And so what that Mm. looks like for me is singleness. I just love your perspective. And I've heard you talk a little bit more about it in different you know, circles. And so just the fact that you're like, this is where I am right now. Now, could it change in the future? Maybe. Could it not change in the future? Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. You're just mm-hmm. pursuing him. And, right. and being content, I think, is the big thing that I really admire, just being content with where you are. And I think that translates to so many of us in so many areas of life, whether you're single, married, divorced, whatever, you know, just finding true contentedness in him is massive. Right. 
Yeah. And anytime I talk about this on a podcast or when I'm speaking or anything like that, people have a lot of questions about it because maybe they are like, what is God do? How do I know if God's calling me to do that? And like, mm. well, what if this happens to you, Terry Lee? And I'm like, this is, this is my journey with me and the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm not prescribing it for you. Uh, and your story is going to be different than my right. story. Like any other single woman is going to have a different journey with the Lord. And none of us know tomorrow. We're just doing our best to follow him today and what he's called us to today and what he's called me to focus on today. That's what I'm doing. And so, um, I have no, uh, prescription for other people to do likewise, yeah. but if they do, you know, talk to the Lord about it and see where he directs you and see where he puts your steps and your feet. Yeah, man, God has the right to upset and uproot any of our plans, no matter where we are in life. And so it might change for any of us tomorrow or, you know, we might keep persevering. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, you also lead the Bible Recap podcast and the Bible Kneecap podcast and all kinds of other things. Talk briefly about those things. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I do. I have a daily podcast, two daily podcasts, actually. One is the Bible Recap, where we recap that day's reading according to the chronological reading plan. And that's just it's the best thing I'll ever do. It's my favorite thing. And then uh, in our second year, so we started that in 2019 and, and 2020 being our second year of doing that, we decided to add something new for people who wanted to do it again, because we all want to be reading the Bible every year. And so we spice things up by adding a second daily podcast called the Bible Kneecap. Yeah. Knee, like kneeling in prayer. <laughs> and so it is where we have a responsive prayer based on that day's Bible reading. I love it. So those are my two podcasts that I do every day. And we are, you know, excited to add some new things for this year as well. That's right. Always trying to change things up. Always some new level to take you deeper and get more out of the word. Mm -hmm. And then you started D Group. Yeah, D Group. It stands for Discipleship Group. D Group predates the Bible Recap by about a decade. So I started it uh, 12 years ago with, you know, just like nine college girls in Mm -hmm. a living room. And had no idea that it was going to grow to be, I think we're about to hit nearly 300 groups on five continents, six continents, something like that. So cool. Uh, men's groups, women's groups, Spanish groups, loads of, of opportunities. And what we do is we meet every week, either in homes or in churches or in online groups to dig deep into a book of the Bible or a particular topic of scripture. Mm-hmm. So uh, right now we're about to, we're, this week we're launching into a study of the Ten Commandments and mm. Sinai and what that means. And we'll be doing that for the next 12 weeks. Nice. So good stuff. Ah, oh, that's yeah. so good. So obviously you are passionate about Jesus. You're passionate about scripture. You love all things, just sharing the gospel with people, which is amazing. But I know, uh, like you kind of alluded to earlier, that that hasn't just been necessarily a walk in the park as far as your journey of faith. Right. And so tell us a little bit about just in your own life, kind of when things have been messy or a little complex, but still you've just found God to be faithful in those trenches and just to meet you in your mess. Mm, yeah, my, my messy table. Hmm. Um, like I mentioned earlier, grew up in a God-fearing family in church three times a week, family devotions around the breakfast table every morning, and went into full-time ministry, went into part-time ministry in college, went into full-time ministry as soon as I finished college, and had been in ministry for a couple of years before a pastor friend of mine asked me, have you ever read through the whole Bible? And I was like, uh, I'm <laughs> sure I've pieced it together over the years. I'd be like, look at my upbringing. I'm sure I've checked every verse, you know, somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think you should read it. Start today. Read it in order. Read the whole thing. And let your eyes fall on every word, even the genealogies. And he also said, I would encourage you to say very little on stage until you have read the whole thing. And I <laughs> mean, like, pretty I good spent advice. my days on stage. That was what I did. I spoke. I was a speaker. I was a writer. I was a worship leader. I was an author. I was doing all those things and hadn't read the whole Bible. Mm. Ooh. And um, <laughs> so anyone listening who's a Christian who hasn't read through the Bible shouldn't feel guilty. Just they're in the same boat that you've been in before. Yeah, it's an invitation. Today's the day to start. Every day is day one for someone in their journey of reading through the whole Bible. Yeah. And so um, I started and that's when things got really messy because I was not liking what I was finding. Mm. I had been in church my whole life and there were things about God that I was seeing that I didn't know how to interpret because nobody had ever talked about them, at least not in the circles that I ran in. And it felt like God was living a double life. Mm. 
And all of this was happening at the same time that I was going through a pretty significant relational disruption in my life, um, a, a breakup of sorts that took a very long time to really uh, end. And so I'm going through this, what feels like a prolonged ending of my relationship in my life and a prolonged ending of my relationship with the Lord, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And I'm in full-time ministry. And what am I going to do for a living if I don't like this God mm. that I'm talking about every day? Yeah. That was a big question. Rough. Yeah. So that was a very messy table for me. Um, What were some um, examples of when you were reading through scripture and you were just like, I do not like this God that I'm seeing? Like, what were some of the key components that you really struggled with? A lot of people, when they're reading scripture, struggle with the God of the Old Testament and they struggle with feeling like he's mean, he punishes everybody, all what's this guy about? And they feel like Jesus is that God got a personality transplant or something. Um, But that's not the case at all. God's character and personality and will is consistent throughout scripture and throughout the persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, all the same God, all have the same personality and character. Mm -hmm. And so where it really bothered me was when those things began to take shape in the person of Jesus. When I began to see Jesus saying things and doing things that I did not feel comfortable with. And mind you, this is the part of scripture that I felt like I had read before. Yeah, And I was like, this isn't on a t-shirt. This isn't on a coffee mug. Where is this? Right. And so God's sovereignty was a really big wrestle for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It it was a very big challenge. It's a wrestle for a lot of people. And it's just kind of a mystery, (laughs) God's sovereignty in general. Yeah. And I had a very high view of man and what we deserve and what we're capable of. And I just had that sort of idea. It's in the culture, it's in the water in Christendom. So whenever I was laying my eyes on scripture and it was showing me that we don't deserve anything but hell and death. Mm-hmm. And it is his mercy that any of us are adopted into his family. Right. Um, that was a game changer for me. And mm-hmm. so as I'm reading that and I'm wrestling with that, my instinct was to withdraw, was I just want to ignore that this is what scripture says and keep doing my job and pretend, you know, like I didn't read that. Or <laughs> how did that go for you? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, not so great. And then I was also curious. I was like, I need to know who this God is. Hmm. And so I couldn't, um, in good faith, for lack of a better phrase, just keep doing what I was doing. I had to dig in more. So I continued to dig into scripture and my mentors and the pastor friend who challenged me to read scripture for the first time, they said to me, lean in. The good stuff is on the other side of this fight. Yes. And so I, I just continued to lean in. And one of the best things that, that one of my mentors said to me during that time was not only do I keep reading scripture, but stop looking for me, start looking for God, look Mm. for who God is. Mm -hmm. And We do that by, how do you find out who anybody is? You ask what they love. You ask what they hate. Just like at the beginning of this podcast, when you ask me, like, tell us what you're about. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming that when you ask people to tell you what they're about, they talk about stuff they love. So they're talking about their family or their hobbies or, you know, things like that. What motivates them? And that's what we look for with God in scripture to find out who he is. What does he love? What does he hate? What motivates him to do what he does? And as I begin to look for God instead of for me, that's when things stopped being so messy yeah. and started taking on more order and taking on more shape. Hmm. Man, that's so good. So let's talk about this wrestling with God and wrestling with scripture thing. Cause I think a lot of people are scared to do that. Like God's going to zap them with lightning or something. But for me, which my story is a little bit different, a little bit the same, a little bit different. I grew up in a Christian home as well and had a tragedy in my family. When I was 18, went to college, I was actually minoring in world religion. And so I'm studying Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam as well as Christianity. And suddenly all these questions came up. So my wrestle was kind of more of, um, man, why do I believe what I believe? Have I just been brainwashed? Why is this true as opposed to why these other religions, you know, that whole thing and pressing in long story short, pressing in was a huge uh, deal for my faith and just maturing, coming alive, realizing, no, this is a true historical account, but also just a supernatural work that he's doing inside of us. So there's different kind of wrestlings going on within people. Right. For you, it sounds like that was a part of the key 
for your journey as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people, the story like yours is so familiar where people wrestle based on life circumstances, based on tragedies, based on devastation, death, divorce, disease, all those things. And they lead us to question the goodness of God. And so usually the place people go in those aches and in that devastation is to scripture Mm. to find out who God is. Mm. And I've been through wrestles like that as well in in my life Mm -hmm. where everything was like, how is God good in this? Mm -hmm. He says he's good, but how? I, I don't see it. I need to see it. And so we go to the word to find out those things. And I had done that prior to this, where I would go and I would kind of cherry pick the verses that would comfort me in scripture. But in this situation where scripture was the thing that was devastating me, that was throwing me off and was making me feel disconnected from God, I had never experienced anything like that, where the thing that I would normally go to to connect with him Mm -hmm. was the thing that was disconnecting me from him. Mm -hmm. What was something that Jesus did or said as you were reading scripture that you really struggled with? The parable of the sower and the seed was the first thing that really uh, challenged me because Jesus is sharing a parable about how the seed of the gospel has to go everywhere. It goes on the hard soil. It goes on the rocky soil. It goes on the soft soil. It goes everywhere. And he's sharing this parable and he's talking in these confusing terms and the apostles pull him aside and they're like, hey, Jesus, no one understands what you're saying. <laughs> like, Why are you talking so confusing? Right. And he's like, exactly. I'm speaking in these confusing terms mm. so that you will understand and they will not understand. And I'm like, why do you want them to not understand? Mm-hmm. Why, why don't you want them to understand? And it was very uh, disorienting to me because I'm like, isn't the whole point of why you came so that everyone would understand? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have all these prophecies, prophecies from Isaiah and Jesus quotes this hearing they may not hear and seeing they may not see. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have all the truth right in front of them and they're not going to get it. And so, You know, it's sort of this illustration of the parable that he's telling where he's speaking the truth and it's falling on hard soil and it's falling on soft soil and it's falling on rocky soil and thorny soil. But I was like, you're Jesus. You're supposed to make sure everyone understands everything. We all, we all deserve to hear and understand the word. Why doesn't everybody have good soil? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was a big wrestle. Mm -hmm. That was the first time that I was like, I don't like this. I do not like this. Yeah. My husband and I have had a lot of conversations about kind of what you're talking about, as well as God's sovereignty, as well as the fact that he exists outside of time Mm -hmm. and sees all and knows all and is all. And so it's so hard for us to comprehend Mm -hmm. the things that we just don't know because it's so much bigger than us. Right. Yeah. And I think there's a tendency to try to answer some of those questions with things that we have that make us feel better about God being the way he is. Mm -hmm. And we're like, maybe it's this. And we try to invent something that scripture doesn't say. And that was a lot of what I was getting. And I would talk to people about it. They would be like giving me these answers that were extra biblical answers that actually didn't jive with what I saw in scripture. And I will have questions about God into eternity. You know, like (laughs) as long as I'm breathing in this body, there will be things I don't understand about him. And the thing I have to do is go, I trust you with that. Even if I can't make sense of it, even if I can't justify it in my idea of what I think is right or best. That's good. I've got to let God be who he says he is and not try to put a bomb or a bandaid on it that makes it like that kind of obscures it so that I don't have to deal with who God says he is. That's really good. Like I just have to see what the word says about who God is. Yeah. And that's what I have. Right. And know that he's given us enough evidence to stand on. Like he is a solid rock. Right. And yes, we won't know everything, but he's given us enough. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So I know you've gone through a lot of things. So what else, what else in your life have you just really experienced? Well, I will say a few years into reading through the Bible every year, which I've done for the past, uh, I guess, 11 years now. And um, a few years into that, I had another major life upheaval where my sister got brain cancer. And it was the first time that I was having a major life, you know, like we just talked about, like the circumstances of life, the tragedies of life. Mm -hmm. And it was the thing that drove me into the word to be reminded of who God is. But the great thing that happened in that was that I had spent the past few years Mm -hmm. reading through scripture, looking for God, looking for his character, learning what he's like. And so whenever that storm hit, 
I felt like I was sheltered. There was no period of questioning. Is God good? Is God real? Who is God? Why would this happen? None of those questions had even a space to, to land in my brain or my heart mm. because I had been storing up knowledge of who he is. And so three months after she passed away, I found out I had to have open heart surgery to fix the birth defect. And we had that surgery. And a couple of weeks after the surgery, they called me and they were like, we found something else. You're going to need to come back in in a couple of months. As soon as you get better for another open heart surgery, I came in for a second open heart surgery. I was electrocuted in that open heart surgery. Oh, geez. Spent four months with an open wound in my back. You know, it was the burn was the size of a grapefruit. How old were you here? This was four years ago. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Wow. So all of this that happened, it was just like the hits just kept coming mm-hmm. and went through some of the most devastating relational trauma, spiritual trauma stuff that was happening in my personal life on top of that as well. Um the hits just kept coming. I mean, Jen, I went to the dentist because it, prior to all of those heart surgeries, I had a cavity. The cavity then, like, I couldn't have the cavity dealt with because I was having heart surgery. Mm. The cavity became a need for a root canal. Uh, the root canal became a need for an extraction. Oh, yeah. And then the dentist pulled the wrong tooth. What? This is the kind of stuff no. that, yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh. This is the kind of stuff that just kept happening yeah. for like a year in my life. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And I never for a second doubted the goodness or the love of the Lord Mm -hmm. because I had spent years getting to know him. Yeah. So you didn't question God. Where mentally were you? Like what, I guess, were you preaching to yourself in those moments of devastation? That I wasn't alone, that he was with me Mm -hmm. in this and that somehow he was going to be glorified in this. Yeah. And part of him being glorified in it was me praising him despite it. Wow. That's powerful. That's really powerful. Well, I just love hearing kind of the backstory of your faith, because like I said, I have been listening to you for so long for what, six to 10 minutes every day. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So the Bible recap, everyone needs to know about it. Tell us all the things. What is it? What compelled you to start it? So like I said, I've been a believer of scripture my whole life and had never read through it all. And then when I had the pastor friend who challenged me to read through scripture, he said to me, you're going to have questions that you hit along the way, write them down. Let's talk about them. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was so freeing because we all are like, I mean, even questions like, why do I need to know this? Why is this in here? Yeah. Not just like, okay, what was happening here? But like, I don't understand. Or like, God says this thing. And then a few verses later says this thing. And these things seem to contradict each other. Help me make sense of this. Yeah. And so I was encountering loads of those questions along the way. And I would take them to him and he would answer them. That's great. That was what kept me in it. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm trying to read a book and I feel lost on every page, I'm not going to keep going. Throw the towel. And I did. (laughs) I felt lost on every page. And so having him along the way to sort of walk me through my questions is why I finished reading the Bible the first time. Mm -hmm. And then I had all that information when I went through the second time and was like, okay, now I understand this. Oh yeah. Oh, now I remember those things. And there'd be some things that I would hit and I'd be like, now what was the answer to that again? Mm -hmm. And I would go back through my notes and find what I had written. And every trip through things made sense a little more and a little more, a little more. Mm -hmm. Now you find people who examine movies like this, like, you know, the queen's gambit was just a big thing on Netflix And I just saw an article about somebody was examining all of the use of color, like complementary colors in the Queen's Gambit or something (laughs) like that. And the meaning that the the person had woven into like the producer or whoever makes those decisions. Yeah. um, Cinematographer. I don't know. Yeah. That all the meaning behind all of this stuff. Who notices that on their first trip through the Queen's Gambit? Right. You know, you don't notice that. No. You don't notice that until like your sixth trip through. And then you're like, oh, look at that. Oh, did you see that? Mm -hmm. Like, and you're putting all these things together. And that was me and scripture. Every trip through, I was like picking up on new notes and picking up on new things and piecing them together. And so I think it was like my eighth trip through. I had a friend in D group who said, um, you know, I want to, I want to read through the Bible. And I was like, Hey, okay, I will answer your questions as you go through it. I'll do my best to answer your questions and see what we can piece together. And so it was around like, I think it was September of that year when she was about to finish the old Testament that she said, I cannot believe I'm about to finish the old Testament. Like I never dreamed this was possible. Never would have been able to do this. 
had you not answered my questions? And I thought, okay, I wouldn't have been able to do it had Lee not answered my questions. Anna wouldn't have been able to do it if I hadn't answered her questions. How can I answer as many people's questions? And I, I had years of notebooks of my questions. Sure. I also had all the questions that Anna had asked me. And then just in general, presuming what some people would be asking. Mm -hmm. And so I built out a podcast to help sort of hold people's hand as they walk through scripture and teach them uh, not only like, okay, here's how these things don't contradict, or here's what this is pointing us toward, or here's Mm -hmm. this theme you may not have noticed, or maybe you did and wondered about it. Um, But also how to look for God, because I really think that is a a lost skill that most of us are never taught is we read Mm -hmm. scripture to find our to do list as opposed to (laughs) get to know a person. Yeah, yeah, so true. Well, you help iron out some of those confusing pieces while also throwing in some like funny, you know, you keep it entertaining. I think the other day you mentioned, I think it was Paul talking about marriage and you mentioned marriage from the Princess Bride. I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, there's just those little pieces that, right. and I've read through the Bible multiple times and listening, I still am like, oh, that's such a great explanation. Or there are times when something might be controversial where you say, all right, now theologically, some scholars see it this way, some mm-hmm. see it this way, others view it this way. I tend to lean this way, but that doesn't mean that's correct. And so I love the humility that mm-hmm. that comes with it mm-hmm. as you're walking through, but you're not afraid to kind of dig into those hard pieces yeah. that sometimes are confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I one of the things I really wanted to aim to do was not scream where scripture whispers and not whisper where scripture screams. Mm-hmm. And so if there is a piece that is something people debate about yeah. and both sides have merit scripturally and both can be defended biblically, I'm like, okay, we'll try to say, hey, some people say this and some people say this and we're going to drop six articles in the show notes that you can check out and research further. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I have an opinion and sometimes I don't have an opinion. <laughs> sometimes I read those six articles and I yeah. agree with every whichever one I read most recently is the one I agree with. Right. Um, right. And, you know, but there are places where I'll be like, this is very clear in scripture and I will put my foot down on this, even if there are people who disagree. Right. Yeah, that's really good. I think that's important too. And there's some things that we just won't know this side of heaven. And you, you know, will mention that as well. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we, I don't know. <laughs> and that's yeah. okay. You know, God does. And if he thought it were uh, important for us to know, then he would have told us and he didn't. So that's all right. You know, we'll just keep pressing forward. Yeah. So absolutely. what are some of the most like frequently asked questions or some of the, maybe the hard questions that come up hmm. a lot? I mean, I think one that that I hear a lot that it's not a very uh, rich answer, but some people want to know, like, uh, why genealogies? Why are all these names in here? Why do we need to know this? Mm -hmm. And I think there was a purpose then and the purpose now is somewhat different. So then the purpose was they have to have this historical log of all these things. Some of the times it's even like, they've been displaced from Israel and they're moving back to Israel and they have to see like, okay, these are the same people who left. Yeah. We have the genealogy for the people who left and these are the people who are coming back. We have to make note of that. It's a continuous story, just different angles. Right. Yeah. And this is pre-computer databases. Like there's no, this is where they have to log this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it ends up in the religious text because this is a story about the people of God and his promise to bring them to this land. And so it served that purpose then. And one of the purposes that it serves now is it shows us that God is a God of attention to detail. He is in the minute. Every person has a name. Every person is attended to. And he has a plan. And it's very personal. Mm -hmm. We have a very personal God. Yeah. And I did an interview yesterday where the man I was talking to was talking about how he works with a lot of Christians in China and they love the genealogies. Mm. He said it's a very depersonalized culture mm-hmm. since it's more of a group culture. And so they are super encouraged yeah. by the fact that these people have names. Yeah. All the little details. Well, and it makes it so, of course, it is real, but it makes it real. Yeah. One dumb thing that I kind of like to do when I'm reading through is, you know, say I'm reading Ephesians and the letter to the church in Ephesus, you know, I'll Google Ephesus and look at the ruins and Mm -hmm. look at, you know, this is a real historical place. This isn't just some random mythical thing in the Bible. Right. So, yeah. Looking at all those details, making it a real thing. 
all of that. There are so many resources online that are helpful. Yeah. So many great free resources Mm -hmm. for people who want to dig in. And I love that. Yes, for sure. Do you have any favorites? Oh, yeah. I love uh, one of my favorite study Bibles in print or online is the Faith Life Study Bible. Um, It's just bible.faithlife.com. And it is fantastic. I also love for, you know, questions. If you want good resources, if you have questions, there's a website called Got Questions. Oh, I do. I love that website. And I think it's gotquestions.org. Um, it is, it's so great. So if you're like, uh, hey, why this? Why that? Or what does this mean? Or who is this guy? Yeah. Like, you know, we hit Melchizedek in the Old Testament. People are like, who is this Melchizedek? He seems like very weird character. Mysterious. Then God figure kind of go to Got Questions. Yeah. Yes, I do like got questions. And sometimes too, you know, even if I read it and go, "Mm, I don't know if that fully answered my question, it'll at least give me a framework for what other people might believe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even I found things on there that I disagree with. I'm like, I don't agree with your answer that you've given here. Yeah. But a lot of times it will give me scripture references that I can go look up and then dig into a study Bible from those scripture references and get a further understanding. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, what advice would you give people when coming across some of the harder to understand parts of the Bible other than going to got questions or asking a friend or listening to your podcast? Like if they can't get to a place where they're at peace with their answer, what would you tell them? Hmm. I think for me, sometimes I've just had to like set it aside and come back to it later. Mm-hmm. If I have prayed through it, if I have sought counsel, if I have talked to my pastor, and to me, there's a difference between not getting an answer and not being able to accept the answer that you get. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah. And so I think it depends on what the situation is. When you say like not being at peace with an answer, I'm not sure which that's applying Either, to. Either, I guess. <laughs> because there have been times that I've been like, this answer is clear in scripture and I don't like it. Right. And I guess more when it's not totally clear. Yeah. I think sometimes there are not going to be answers and we have to be okay with that. Like expecting to understand everything, especially the first time I'm coming to scripture is a little bit of an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. And there have been things that I did not understand the first 10 times I read through scripture. And every time I would hit it, I'd be like, still don't get it. And there'd just be a big question mark in the margin of my Bible. And I've got journals where every year I'm like, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And sometimes I like write what I think the answer is in the margin. And then like, I find something later in scripture that I have to go back and mark that out in the margins. Cause I'm like, Mm -hmm. that was not right. And so Um, I think our unwillingness to bear uncertainty when we are reading scripture can be a stumbling block because we try to fill in the gaps. Like I talked about earlier, we try to answer with things that make us feel okay. And we try to put something in that space just to answer the question when God has not answered the question. Right. Or put ourselves in the place of God. Well, this is what I think and this is how it should be. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it requires a lot of humility to walk away without an answer Mm -hmm. when God has not given one. That's right. I love what Paul says. You know, he talks about the mystery of the gospel. And I do think we have to be able to hold that mystery, you know, with open hands and just, you know, he knows so much more than we do. Absolutely. All right. So do you have any tips for making sure, especially you being in ministry, that you don't sacrifice your personal relationship with God on the altar of ministry of, I got to get all these things done. I got to (laughs) produce. Uh, it, it is a challenge. What I will say is I don't feel like if I'm reading the Bible to understand something, to share it with other people, I don't think that what I gain from that study time is not counted toward my personal relationship with him, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, because yeah. I'm still benefiting from what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Now, if I were to treat it all as though I've got to teach these people something about God. So (laughs) let me tell them what's what. Now that's a whole different thing than if it's like, hey, I'm preparing a meal and you can be sure I'm going to lick the spoon and you can be sure I'm going to sit down and eat, but I'm the one who's preparing the meal. Yeah. Then I'm going to get fed Mm -hmm. and I'm maybe going to eat more than the other people because I'm I'm licking the spoon while I'm making the brownies. Hey, I love brownie (laughs) batter. So I would love to hear about your process because I know that it's probably not just super clean and pretty. (laughs) Right. So my process for researching the Bible recap um, specifically was I took nine, 10 years worth of journals and 
at first I was transcribing each day's readings because I'd done the same reading plan for the past decade. And so I took day one of every, and I was like transcribing them into a document. I finally had to, I hired an assistant to do that. Um, Courtney Vaughn, she was great. She worked through all of my journals, deciphered my handwriting Mm -hmm. and put each, you know, 10 years worth of each day into a document. And so then I would go through all of those notes and I would sort of put them in order and I would find the ones that go, okay, that one's wrong. <laughs> like I, that <laughs> note that I took is completely wrong. That question that I asked, I'd never found an answer to. Let me see if I can dig deeper. And then I would read the text over and over again. I would read study Bibles. I would read commentaries. Yeah. And I would weave my notes and questions in with what I learned. And then at the end of every, you know, we end every episode with what we call the God shot, which is what's your picture of God and his character from that day. And I did not want listeners to leave with a to-do list. I did not want them to leave with an application point uh, because that is how I knew I was looking for myself in scripture. So I wanted to have a teaching tool of how we're going to look for God in scripture. Where do you see the character of God? And so we end each day with the God shot, the snapshot of God's character. So I would do all the research. I would take all my questions and all of the things that I found in study Bibles and all the things that I found in commentaries and weave all that together into a script. And then at the end, it's like, okay, what jumps off the page to me about who God is from everything I just read and researched and studied and wrote. That's good. And um, so we end with the God shot mm-hmm. so that people will leave buoyed by the beauty of the character of God and not burdened by their to-do list. That's good. Another thing you usually end with is talking about that he's where the joy is. You say every episode. He's where the joy is. And it's true. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And I am after the joy. Yeah. I'm after the joy. I want the joy. I want all the joy. <laughs> and so if I can remind myself on the daily that he's where the joy is, then I know I will keep chasing him. Mm-hmm. What's something you've learned this year in this year's trip through scripture? <laughs> so it's a big question. I mean, I know so many things, but like yeah. one main thing, if you could bring it to mind. Well, uh, this is, uh, I, I still am like almost afraid to say it out loud. Um, but this was a year where I was doing the Bible recap again, reading the scripture again, but also I'm writing a study for Lifeway, a uh, Bible study on the Trinity. And girl, right. It's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) No easy topic. Right. (laughs) So as I'm doing that, I had this list of things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And one of the things that I had was that he convicts us of our sin. And so I'm writing about the Holy Spirit convicting us of our sin. And as I'm reading a commentary about this, I realized like, uh, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. The Holy, what? And what I realized was that the Holy Spirit convicts unbelievers of their sin to convert them to be believers. But then once you become a believer, the Holy Spirit convicts you of your righteousness, Mm. not your sin. He convicts you that you are a child of God and that the way that we get called into greater obedience and to be conformed to the image of Christ is by being convicted of our righteousness. Mm. Like reminded who we really are. Yes, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is not a conviction of our sins. This is a conviction of our righteousness. Being convinced of who we truly are in God is what will call us to obedience and what will call us to walk in that way. And it's really interesting that we never see in Scripture the Holy Spirit convicting believers of their sin. He convicts them of their righteousness. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective shift. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. To me, that was, it was just, that's not to say the Holy Spirit never talks to you about your sin, but what he says to you about your sin has a different tone. Hmm. So true. And it just, you know, because when we feel condemnation, when we feel conviction, when we feel shame Hmm. and we assign that to the Lord and that's not his tone or his voice. That's the enemy. Absolutely. And what it does is it pushes us away from him when we sin, Hmm. as opposed to, inviting us toward him. Yeah. Yeah. So the Trinity, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell me, tell me about this Bible study that you're writing. It's called He's Where the Joy Is. Ah, right. Look at you. Yeah. So fitting. Right. (laughs) And uh, I'm super excited about it. It comes out in August from what I understand. 
And I think that there's going to be a women's version and then a teen version as well. So are so, you untangling how they all fit together, but they're also distinct, all the above? What are you doing? Yeah, unity, diversity, character, personality, all of that. And then um, also once we learn who God is, how that impacts our relationship with him through prayer and scripture reading, and then how that impacts our relationship with the world around us. Wow. So that's exciting. It's all about who he is, how we get to know him and how we display him to the world. Awesome. Okay. Before we move on from the Bible recap, I do want to point out there's a yearly version and then there's also just a New Testament version. So do you have a recommendation for Mm -hmm. anyone who's getting started? Yeah. I think if you are a person who is ambitious and you want to start with us on the whole Bible, it's always the best day to start. Every day is day one for someone and you will find it surprisingly doable. But if that feels a little overwhelming for you, mm-hmm. um, feel free to jump in with us in the New Testament. So that starts on day 274, I believe. If you go to the BibleRecap.com forward slash start, it will tell you how to start in either of those. And um, we also, as of this year, have the Bible Recap in Spanish and in American Sign Language. And That's right. all that info is at the BibleRecap.com as well. And in an actual book, right? Yes, we do. We have it in an actual book. Um, so for people who are visual learners or just like a tactile experience or don't like the sound of my voice, whatever your reason <laughs> is, if you... <laughs> um, we have a lot of people who like to partner listening to the podcast with looking at the book and, and reading the book. And that works great, too. It's an abridged version, the most condensed version of the uh, podcast. So we have extracted from the book things like mowage because you can't really write that out in a way that it's understood. <laughs> um, True story. But um, so it's about 40 percent of the podcast content. It's just two pages a day. Uh, so either eight minutes in the podcast or two pages in the book. But a lot of people who jump in with us in the New Testament see how doable it is. And so then they want to do the whole thing. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, it's our gateway, you know, it's yeah. our way we hook them. Well, I will say it is a big commitment and it's a worthy commitment if you do the whole year. And so I could see starting with the New Testament right. could be a good way to get your feet wet. Yeah, absolutely. The way I have enjoyed doing it is I use often, now I love to use my hard Bible as well. I kind of go back and forth between my study Bible. But you know, when I'm on the go, it's so great to use the Version Bible app, which of course we're big fans here at The Messy Table mm-hmm. because we are partnered with our church, Life Church. Yes. Um, and it's great because, you know, sometimes I can read it on my phone, sometimes in my actual Bible. Sometimes if I'm driving down the road, I can listen to the plan. And I don't know if we clarified that you actually listen or read the Bible, the plan. And then there's a separate podcast that Tara Lee hosts where she kind of gives you, just like the name says, a recap. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's about three chapters a day on average, uh, 12-ish minutes of reading. And that is according to the uh, Life Church Bible app. Who, <laughs> you know, lots of people, I, people get shamed for having the Bible read to, like, you know, when you press play and it'll read it to you. But I'm like, for the vast majority of history, that's how people heard the exactly. Bible. That's how people encountered scripture. Yes, exactly. There's no shame in that. Plus, no. a lot of people are auditory learners. I know I am. Mm-hmm. So um, I love to listen to it. And I like to, sometimes I listen to it while I read it. Um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I read it with my eyes. I learn different things depending on how I take it in. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody wanted to jump in with the New Testament, that's a fantastic place to start. But regardless where people start, I always want them to know you're going to do this imperfectly. Yes. You're going to have this vision of you having this, you know, sweet 20 minutes of silence alone with the Lord every morning. And you're always (laughs) in a great mood and your coffee always is the perfect temperature and it's going to (laughs) go sideways. And don't let your perfectionism keep you from God. That's a good point. You have no perfectionism to bring it. You have no perfection to offer him. Christ is the perfect one. And he has already accomplished all that is required of you. You're just invited in to delight in the Lord, spend time with him. Mm -hmm. This past summer, we were on a camping trip in Colorado for like 10 days and I didn't have service a lot of the time. And Mm -hmm. so even though my phone... Like I could technically read the version Bible app, but I couldn't always get your voice. Anyway, I got behind and it was frustrating because then it's a little bit harder to catch up. And so, yeah, just exactly what you're saying. It's not going to be perfect, right. but just keep going. Just press on. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any other resources, study tools that you love to use, Bible plans, books, anything else that you just really want to recommend to everybody? Um, I just got from Lifeway the... Holy Land Study Bible. Mm. And I have not yet dug into it as much as I am excited to, 
because I've been writing this the study for Lifeway, but I'm super excited to jump in. And that is that. nice. Speaking of the so. Holy Land, you lead tours through Israel, which is like my dream and I want to come. You got to come. You got to come with us, Jen. It's so fun. It's so great. I have a whole little posse here in Tulsa too that's been doing the Bible recap and we all want to go. So <laughs> Let's we're ready. Go. I'm ready to pack my bag. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> I love it. Actually, I saw that you were doing that with Happy Hour and Jamie and I were on a retreat in Italy together a couple of years ago. And I was like, I'm just going to go with you guys. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Do do it. I think uh, we have a trip uh, this year and we ha- we're sort of seeing if we might do a trip next year as well. So, Ooh, so fun. Jump on. I love it. Well, as we close out, and I know there's so many other things that we could talk about, but since we don't have all the time in the world, Mm -hmm. I would love it if you would just leave us with a final word of advice or encouragement, just something that you want us all to know as we head into our week. No matter what your day holds, no matter what disappointments, no matter what delights, the Lord delights to spend time with you. The Lord wants to be known by you. He has joy for you, deep pockets of joy that you will not experience apart from spending time in His Word. And I know it's so much easier for us all to learn about Him secondhand through what pastors say, through what worship songs say, through quick devotional bite-sized chunks. But I want to challenge you to come face-to-face in the Word with the living God as He has revealed Himself on His pages of His Word for us to know Him. Come along like 12 minutes a day, literally. You can read the whole Bible in a year in 12 minutes a day. 1% of your day, 1% of your day that will change the whole other 99%. Come find the joy with me. Come after the joy. He's where the joy is. Truly, He's where the joy is. Yes. Well, thank you for what you do and all the effort that you put into these resources because they are really making a difference, not just here, but for eternity. So thank you so much. And thanks for being here today. Loved it. Loved it so much. Thank you for having me, Jen. All right, friends, don't forget all of the resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes and know that whether you choose to do the Bible recap plan this year or not, more than anything, Tara Lee and I both hope this conversation inspires you to open your Bible with expectancy. Dig in, ask the hard questions, pray the meaningful prayers, talk about it around your own table with your very own people. And just a little reminder, we don't do any of this to earn God's approval just like I don't spend time with my husband so that he'll think I'm an awesome wife. Instead, we seek him and study his words to know him, to be with him, to grow closer to him. Because as Tara Lee says, he's where the joy is. So she mentioned it briefly, but I want to highlight that the Spanish-speaking version of the Bible Recap podcast also just launched. So if you have a friend or neighbor or family member or coworker who primarily speaks Spanish, this is an incredible resource for them as well. Guys, if you're an Instagram person, we would love for you to connect with us at The Messy Table Podcast. You can also subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you like to stream. And finally, if you have a few seconds to spare, it always means so much when you share on social media or text this to a friend or leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. Such things might seem simple, and they are, but it's a simple way for others to hear the reason for our hope. Well, I think we are ready. So let's do this 2021. And as you head into your week, but more importantly, into the new year, don't forget, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.